Hello everyone, it's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. And on this week's show we take a look at fictional things and historical things. As well as that, one lucky subscriber will win with a chance to win a copy of Warhammer Underworld's Norwood from store.ontabletop.com. To be in with your chance of picking up that big box set, then you need to be a subscriber to the channel. Pop a comment below and if you can do all the social media, doobly do bits like and share us around, that really helps us out. Otherwise, sit back and relax, because your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender once again. I'm joined this week by Ben, John, and Lloyd as we meander gently through the wonderful world of tabletop wargaming. <laughs> so, uh, before we kick things off this week, we have a little bit of bookkeeping or housekeeping to do. Uh, if you've been paying attention over on the site or on YouTube, you'll have seen a lot of videos go up this week for Corvus Belly's War Crew Adventures. Yes. Uh, so many videos, so many. So many. Some of them even narrated by me. How tragic is that? That'll put you to sleep. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, Corvus Belly's first uh, dive into fantasy gaming, mm -hmm. um, which is currently cropping up on Kickstarter. We'll come back to that later on in the Kickstarter segment so you can have a better look at it. Uh, but just to let you know that there is a mountain of videos out there. And as you can see, this is part of a... Uh, Extended. First, yeah. yeah, first step. <laughs> first step into um, fantasy via a dungeon crawler. Uh, but the models will be compatible with the Warcrow War Game, uh, which they're going to go into more detail in Gen Con next year as well. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested in taking part uh, in a whole band of fighters or maybe picking up some of the creeping unknown uh, that lurks within the mist in Lindverm, uh, then you can get involved with that. I mean, and, just look uh, at these mini pictures. As soon as these came in, I was like, oh, we have to show peeps because this gives you a really good impression of what this might be like when it becomes a full-fledged war game as well. That's very cool. It'll, it'll be fascinating to see what direction they take it. At the moment, it has... Um, a very Aristea kind of feel for the, the dungeon crawler. Um, but whether or not they keep that or move more towards infinity or uh, go for sort of massed battle mm. uh, when they actually hit the, the war game down the line, yeah. we've, uh, we've no clue yet. I would the guess. Sky is that, the limit. I mean, I'm just going to guess. I would guess they're going to keep it sort of skirmish level. Mm. Someone said that they, the characters from this would end up as like leader figures and stuff mm. so that'll be interesting to see how that oh. works yeah maybe so. isn't Kermit's level if they're going to be leaders? well it so might just be leaders and regiments and stuff behind them it might be like you get a small unit to go alongside you a little bit like in sort of conquest first blood or something where you have mm. sort of character models that will lead small units and, and stuff on the tabletop either way it's very cool and it'll be nice to see especially how the bad guys kind of develop yeah. i think because um, obviously we've seen a lot of the the heroes and stuff so the, yeah. the main sort of villains that creep around being strange body horror um, nightmare amalgamations uh, will be a, a playable faction in the war game. So they were saying you can more or less get a, a big chunk of your army for them if you if you're after the enemies. So if that's the sort of 
the the various levels they're going to have because there's a Let's whole see the group shot a whole rake of them from um i suppose dungers creepy <laughs> creepy corpses stuck together with tari ecker up to yeah. actual body horror elves in a, a hellraiser-esque kind of way who are, are looking to amalgamate themselves so you've got various ranks within it uh and again they're they're planning on doing that across the board so you've got elves dwarves humans and even orcs being good guys so very different take on the the fantasy trope yeah it's one of the things that a lot of people said in the comments they really like how all those kind of classic fantasy races are there but they've all been tweaked slightly so mm-hmm. that they've got almost like a a unique corvus belly warcrow feel to them so it's always nice to see so i mean because you've got your classic elves and humans and dwarves and stuff but there's always something there a little bit different which mm. is nice so yeah, yeah. and I, I want to say from memory that the the elves may be multiple not factions but you do have your your more wood elf mm-hmm. feral style um and then <laughs> so. the and then you know people yeah. who live in cities Yes, um, yeah. like real people too, and not <laughs> not like a squirrel up a tree. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's um, interesting to see where they go with that, as well as the the various sort of human factions within it. Like I say, more on that and the dungeon we'll crawl itself. Dive into Kickstarter in more detail. Yeah, mm. we'll take take a look at that later on. Uh, but right now, it's time for the most important part of the week. It is the indie of the week. <laughs> uh, and this week I've got a little arty one for you because oh, I'm, arty. Yeah, oh. yeah, I'm, I'm an arty kind of guy. How very um, uh, bourgeois of you. <laughs> uh, so Nocturna uh, models, Ooh. they do a range of figures in a range of scales from large scale busts and, and diorama pieces that really lean into the art side uh, down to 30 to 35 mil figures that work in war games as well. Um, so a few of them come from different sculptors. One of them, which we'll take a look at a little bit later, um, Malefic Time is based on a Spanish uh, graphic novel series. So oh, cool. They are actually characters yeah. from that. If you're, if you know what Malefic uh, is, then you'll, you'll know who those people are. I don't, unfortunately, because I haven't been able to get my hands <laughs> on an English version of it yet. Uh, yeah. But I believe the malefic in question is a sword. However, starting off with the sort of Nocturner 30 mil themselves, you can see there some of these will reappear in 54 mil. So if you want the larger pieces or the busts to paint, you can do that as well. But then they have this line of 30 mil figures, which as far as heroes go, with a historic slash low fantasy feel um i think these are absolutely divine that model in particular Mm. i have wanted for so long so long that i'm surprised i haven't bought it yet compared with there's a jerry wizard later on um (laughs) which i really should have just got my hands on the pair of them before now Uh, because that it has a mixture of damsel distress slash uh, vampire trying to lure people to their deaths could yes. go either way depending on your paint job uh, with that lady because you know creeping around in a graveyard it's mm. uh, it's, it's not right so we can see some barbarians in classic mm. barbarian armor I remember uh, I remember a bunch of these popping up 
over the last couple of months, year or so, and seeing a lot of people look at these and being like, oh my God, these are amazing like artist pieces. And then a bunch of people are like, yeah, but you can also use them for wargaming. You don't need them. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> They're not just something to stick on the mantelpiece. <laughs> the, the um, I can't remember what her name is. Uh, Nocturner herself, I've, I've seen in many armies as a Bretonian damsel. Because a lot of people That'd be a really play, good fit, actually. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. who play Bretonians can't get their hands on the models these days or are unwilling to pay eBay prices, uh, yes. which makes a lot of sense because they're ridiculous. It's a dwarf. <laughs> I mean, the dwarves yeah. are very nice. I don't know if I could handle it. Like, if I put it down at 25 euros for a, for that dude, and I'd be like, yeah, see those crispy hands of yours, they, they can't touch this model. <laughs> I'd be <Yeah>. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people are that guy already. <laughs> and, and the alternative is, you know, I think he's he's a kind of a, a giant, half giant barbarian esque fella. He's. I was going to say twenty five euros for a giant. He's pretty awesome. He's yeah. he's not a massive giant. He's oh, right, right. Really, uh, <laughs> but he'd be not dissimilar to something like a Rackham Keltos. Uh, oh, okay. Half giant, so so they're sort of head and shoulders above a normal human. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if you're looking to get your hands on something like that, you'd be quite tricky to do so i really like the transitions ones. on the website between the models and the paint oh yeah 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 and uh, that's really cool. and for once i don't have to clumsily <laughs> chunk my big fingers in there um, i really like the oh, look the orc. <laughs> the orc and racelin is yes. absolutely <laughs> darling there's actually if i remember correctly there's a couple of painted versions of racelin so it sc- should scroll yeah. between them there you oh, go look at that lovely which just goes to show what a difference a paint job makes i mean yeah, mm, yeah. good Evil. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'd burn out your eyes. <laughs> or richer and poorer. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I can uh, afford the, the cloth. The orc's really nice as well. The orc's lovely, yeah. Yeah. I don't know whose foot that is hanging off a shield. Uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping they don't still require it. It'd be a terrible thing to be limping around behind him. That'd be a cool like dungeon boss for sort of yeah. your orc warband or something if you're role playing incorrectly. Incorrectly, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not incorrectly, not incorrectly. <laughs> uh, another dwarf as well. Yeah, and like so, you know, these will set quite happily on a proper square base or you know a larger round lip base, mm. which means you can quite happily game with them. I really like that. Just the fact that as a hero or character. Um, you've read the Gotrek books. Do you remember the I very have, first yes. Gotrek book yeah. where it's him and Felix waking up drunk and they end up in the sewers? I mean, yep. that's one step <laughs> away from Gotrek in the sewers looking to find exactly, out what yeah. things are creeping along blue the time. Just put the eye patch on the right eye. Oh no, yeah. has he lost it yet? I oh, know he hasn't. Fought, he hasn't fought the Wolf Riders yet, has he? At that no. point, no. So it's has been so long eye. since I've read the original trilogy. So <laughs> he, he may be okay. Um, but yeah, but between him and then that ridiculous elf. That is quite the shoulder it's armor. A sh- yeah, <laughs> oh, no, it's a shield. It's I a think, shield, right, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like a very big 80s shoulder oh, pad. Oh, <laughs> massive, massive shoulder pad. What's yeah. worse than that, he's he's left-handed, so that's a sinister elf. Sinister elf. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't get, I've got this visual of him just surfing down the side of a mountain on this boulder. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's no worse than legless like, surfing just, down a set of stairs on a shield. Just right. slinging it down the lava carving his way down that's what he's doing what, what you do is you just Always mount him that anime again you mount him <laughs> you mount him higher than the dwarf and then that means that that glow is actually coming from his lantern oh yeah that'd be cool <laughs> dun, dun, dun. so i say that so that's nocturna's own sort of range of 30 mil 
Um, the Emerald series then, 35s, and these oh, are wow. absolutely divine. Oh, wait till, oh. wait till you see the wizard. I'm guessing this has come from a bunch of French and Spanish people because they yeah. see they seem to be the ones that do all of this amazing stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that, oh, wow. that dwarf. If, if you ever a leader is required of my free dwarves, it may well be him. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely stonking. Uh, again, another one of those evil elves yeah. stabbing people up. Mm. Or could be a demon, I suppose. Might not have to be a headdress, could be actual horns. Um, and Beth looks again, awesome as well. Yeah. You could paint him up with much paler skin and uh, you'd have yourself a Elric, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the so, skin doesn't need to get much paler. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah. the transition yeah. between resin and painted is practically non-existent. You know, it's, it's greyish skin. <laughs> yeah, just paint it straight over. Yeah. yeah. Creepy evil elves Wash or yeah. leader of the undead or what have you. He's uh, he's magnificent. Thunder the Barbarian as well. It's very nice. Th- oh, Thunder's yeah. good. Thunder's got that massive 70s tash. He looks like yeah. he'll be a member of Spinal yeah. Tap. He looks like someone from the original, like the Arnold... Conan movie, oh, yeah. like one of his followers or something. <laughs> Just need to run him past a tiny hench. Yeah. <laughs> hench of small, he's yes. kicked it over. Uh, <laughs> you could probably replace that sword with an electric guitar as well. I'm just oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, he's almost in there. He's yeah. strumming guitar yeah. solo. <clears throat> oh, man, these are amazing. Some of the uh, elves and shady-looking human types stealing everything. I think I need to buy the one on the left. Eileen. The, the female Eileen looks amazing. Yeah, there's something about the the expression and the pose. She she's got that. Why is Gandalf just saddled me with four midgets? Look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which female Aragorn would have? Yeah, I can't believe you've done this to me. <laughs> Get your ass back here, you grey get. <laughs> Speaking of grey gets. Wow. wow. Now I'd like to point out that wizard chucking those rocks. Those rocks are sculpted on. <laughs> it looks like an illustration. It's not. That is the uh, the wizard Brilliant. I really, really want. Freaking that works really well. And if lobbing rocks at people. If you described to me you, you were going to sculpt a miniature, it's going to have floating rocks, but the gonna rocks have... are going to be stuck to the miniature, I'd be like, ah? Yeah, ah. Not, no, no, none of that, <laughs> please. I don't want any of that. It sounds ridiculous. Um, whereas <laughs> this? Whereas it does look like he's picking them up off the floor and about to chuck them at you, like the uh, Russian version of the Avengers, the Guardians. Where the, fact that the, cloth, the fact that cloth is uh, folded around the rock really helps sell it. Yeah. I mean, their, their sculptors, their painters are fantastic, but the sculptor's vision for things like that is just insane. Even things like the little Roblin there. Look at him. Look at his tiny little man with his big hat and his skull. Got a skull, you can't take it away from me. He's amazing. 12 euros is actually pretty good for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good price. I mean, even I, I quite happily pay. 1750 for that guy is amazing. Right? for that. Because yeah. why would I not? I mean, if you, yeah. in a lot of games or armies, wizards tend to survive the entire battle. They will be on the, the battlefield all day long, as long as you don't push them out in front of some goblin fleet bag riders like my druid. Um, yeah. at which thir- point, what's this? 35? He'd be a big ass wizard. Yeah, but these days, because he's 35, but he's realistically proportioned. And, and that's the thing with all of these humans, uh, well, all these models, they don't have big head, big hand syndrome. Yeah. 
Yep. So even though they're listed as 30 to 35, you'll find they're probably about the same scale as a lot of the heroic. I use the word. Especially like, when you factor in the scenic base elements, I suppose, yeah. as well. So, yeah. Because that's giving a little bit of extra height, to think. You'll, you'll find 28s are probably about the same size. They're just bulkier and with fatter limbs and stuff, whereas these are just just a delight. And you want, you sometimes want your hero to stand, well, you definitely want your, your hero to stand out from a regiment or a squad or something, don't you? So, yeah. yeah. And then these are the Malefic um, 110 Katanas, which is the name of the, the graphic novel. So these are specific. Uh, oh, cool. Characters from within it. I believe that sword is actually Malefic itself. That's, that's who's. It looks a little bit like the one in the art in the in the the image. Mm. Oh no, that's a lady. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, very nice. But again, oh my god, they're all edge lords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to say he's called Mardok St. Patrick or something like that. It's it's really weird. I know he's called Mardok down there, but there's a bigger version of him. They all brood and give the blue steel stare when the camera turns on them. That's if exactly I go what there, happens. So. And then if I go. <laughs> There's Lulz, who definitely has, yeah. So that is that sword is ah, yeah, malefic. Yeah. Um, but then if I go, there we go, Mardok, St. Patrick, <laughs> and that's why there's no snakes left in Ireland. <laughs> He's used them all to make his leather chaps. Where are the toenails, D Wiz? Oh yeah, he's, he's creepy. There's no socks, vampire no socks for him. Never remember the <laughs> Yeah, like I say, the, um, the, the line itself, obviously for painters, there's some stonking stuff in there. Like, I will throw up Merlin for you because it would be Merlin. not to throw up Merlin. Oh. I mean, wouldn't you want him anyway, even if you couldn't game with him? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't yeah. you, Look at him. And it can't be long before somebody goes, can we not debigulate him using a debigulating ray? Because a 30 mil <laughs> version of him for a druid I, God, would, yeah, yeah. I would take over any druid currently on the market from anybody, I think. I'd still fail them and say he ambiguated himself with a spell. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Look at me and my big bird. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Have they got that dragon on the site as well that's in the background. Which dragon? Oh, that dragon? Yeah. Um, you want, me want to it, see dragon. <laughs> it's somewhere, but I can't remember where Gosh, it lives. It. What's Fenrir and what's Durkin? on that list because <laughs> Fenrir is an awesome name oh, no well, <laughs> there you go unlucky um, no. what I will say is you, you can definitely see the dragon uh, when you come and look at things like the art book so they do have some other bits and pieces that I thought I'd just touch on while we're here there is the art book which I mean if you're looking for a coffee table book of things to make you cry and weep into your <laughs> your drink at night yeah. uh, when you've just slapped another level of contrast paint on something well that'll do and then you just open the art of Nocturne book and go why have I done this to myself so what's in the art book is it all there minis painted it's, up it's, or is it it's more the minis on the site um, I believe so it's it's essentially a, a, like a 10-year retrospective because some of the so larger busts... So it's 65 busts, euro for a catalogue then? <laughs> well, well, no, because some of the some of the stuff in here you can't get anymore and isn't on the website, like Fenrir, for example, because some of the larger pieces are just there as... 
right. sort of um so it's 65 surname, euro for a catalog you can't buy things from that's even yeah. worse the filtering <laughs> and painting up. process I, I've, still, prism of I've still got my catalogs from rackham and they're all gorgeous yeah. <laughs> you just don't paint enough <laughs> Your problem is you keep sticking shields on things. If you painted more, you'd My problem it. is I don't stick shields on things. I really should just stick them on and be done with it. <laughs> uh, but they also have a, a paint range of their own now. Oh, nice. I have their old paint ranges, which were supplied by Vallejo. Um, and they did, it was a really strongly themed fantasy set. So they did like a, a fairy flesh set, uh, a, a demon slash cold flesh set. Um imperial purple and a crimson red uh now these i want to say they were on kickstarter a while ago uh so these are different don't know who's producing them for them they come in pots like the old uh coat d'arms slash gw you know sort of 18 mil pots with uh, flip tops on them um i know a couple of people have got them uh, and say that they're fantastic paints but i can't speak to the quality myself but for very striking fantasy colors for going well here's your triad or your 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 tones um they're right there you see the way the colors are bent around the yeah box lid uh they do that because they've a set of it will generally be like here's cold purples and then here's warm purple so like the set itself is split four and four essentially although you can obviously mix match and play around to your heart's content but they're sort of grouped together in how you would use them on a model or use them within within the sort of triad or quadrad themselves so um interesting for people looking to pick up a different range of tones i mean the oh. the, the gray paint set those uh the deep green deep purple i've used the the old version of that for doing fey and and uh, demon flesh and having that as your base tone and then and then working up through them and it gives a very different effect uh than sort of just uh just sticking to the pinks so to i wonder how matte they are because like their first point there is matte acrylic colors the yeah. straight away straight away they're saying they're matte i wonder how matte they actually are uh unfortunately i don't know if i if i thought i would know matt they'd dry you out <laughs> if, if rumbly it is watching you can tell us how matt they are because i know you're one of the guys who picked them up um on a on a scale of you know well vallejo are fairly matte scale 75 suck all the light out of the room they're so matte uh i imagine they'll probably fall somewhere in between those two um without hitting the sort of the satins but yeah well they've uh, been used on the models there so yeah well no, because some of that paint range, that paint range has only come oh, out okay, prior right. or subsequent, sorry, to the, the Ooh, figures. They do historical uh, models. I, I, they do, but they're all large scale. Uh, I mean, those are amazing, though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Show me now. <laughs> but like I say, oh, wow. if, if you're not interested in the sort of fantasy-esque things for gaming, but you might be interested in just picking up uh, a large scale model to do a little bit of diorama <laughs> type thing oh hello odin's, odin's <laughs> just there like ah i didn't see you there <laughs> odin chilling inside you stepped into my boudoir but again the the, the figures themselves obviously lovely stuff the paint yeah. job on them is is cracking but you can see the uh the miniatures themselves are are very very nice yeah sculpts and well cast as well so yeah i, I will uh, I'll, I'll throw a go on them because i know you'll kill me if i don't which yeah. one do you want oh i want the world war ii one the, is that the, the short one you think you had to ask 
Oh, no. Very uh, Sir Mary Gleese type of leaning in a window. Oh, wow. I want that right now. <laughs> I, oh, wow. It comes oh, with that's so good. Yeah. Oh, damn it. That's <laughs> the, the nice thing about, uh, about diorama pieces for mm. large-scale figure painting. They will often have them so you don't have to mess around. Oh, that's so nice. It's no longer in stock. You never know your luck. They may get there'll back be, into there'll stock. Be one Don't worry, though, John. Evaporate. You can go buy the catalogue and admire it in the catalogue. <laughs> I occasionally buy books like that. Often, but I do. Oh, I, I've got quite a few kicking around in various places. Cause Would never it, have guessed you'd have had quite a few. Because it's, it's, it's great. It's especially, especially if you're painting something and you, you're just looking for inspiration. Is it is it is it a way of basically repeating the feeling you had as a kid when you opened the Argos catalog and went, I'll have all that for Christmas and I'll have all of this for Christmas. So to relive that experience as an adult, now you need a book full of miniatures that you'll never buy, but you can look at it and go, I could have all of that. I could, oh, I can't have you. You're out of stock, but I can have all of you. <laughs> it's, it's more like having a color wheel, but not having to think about how I'm going to use this color wheel. I go, oh, that's that's a really nice idea for an elf. I'm just going to steal that outright, like uh, evil blue skinned death elf. Just go, ah, oh, what if I did all my dark elves like that? That would be amazing. My twiglitkin yeah. could rise. Who knows? But anyway, so that is Nocturna models. Uh, a little bit fantasy and a little bit of the uh, artistic types may be interested in checking them out. We're going to take a quick swish and we'll be back with the news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love. It's the news. <laughs> okay, and we're back for the news. And we're kicking things off with uh, a sopped me, I think, uh, with some Kings of War news. Uh, so the pre-order have gone up for both a new two-player starter set uh, for Kings of War, um, which brings in the new Ogre Army and the Empire of Dust in the Sands of Amun. Uh, but alongside that, a whole host of new Ogre-type things. Um, so like the previous two-player starter sets, this has everything uh, you need to get stuck into rank and file fantasy wargaming and kings of war. Uh, includes a little mini campaign and quick start guide in the sands of Amun. Um, for those playing along at home, uh, <laughs> if we look at Panathor, we'll find that Amun is the region to the south bordering Ophidia. Um, now, that's interesting because they've been teasing good undead from Ophidia since oh, uh, okay. Panathor slash Mantica mm -hmm. started umpteen odd years ago. And uh, Ron, I think, was saying recently that this is going to be exploring more of the southern part of the continent. Uh, so we may expect some things like uh, campaigns and bits and pieces to take place there to start expanding the, uh, nice. the, the world. Um, mm -hmm. So you'll get everything you need in there to kick off, uh, including the sexy new red book, uh, which has got all of the rules. Uh, for everything, plus any FAQ'd bits and pieces have all gone in there as well, along with two hordes of the new plastic uh, ogres we'll take a look at in a minute. Uh, two resin characters, one ogre warlord and one filthy ammonite pharaoh. Uh, give them wings of the honey maze, watch your opponents cry. Uh, 40 infantry and 10 cavalry. Uh, so you can stick them out as hordes, troops, regiments, whatever you feel like in that respect. Uh, so a nice, chunky, new plastic starter army. 
uh, and as people who are aware of the ogres uh, and they're having skipped leg day look, uh, that has been changed. Um, yes, they, you, they're a lot more. I, I actually quite like the old look. I, as well. I like the old look, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and that's not just because I have a massive army, um, but these are new hard plastic, uh, so styrene based, not uh, PVC. Um, softer plastic uh, so multi-part kit you can see here is the uh, starter army which gives you the resin uh, warlock courtesy of uh, jesse uh, which was a really nice miniature they did and i believe still giving money to charity for him works very well as nomagrok uh, or nom nom to his friends uh, and then in this three more hordes so again you can split them down any way you want um, but with the ogres they come with uh, shooters no so they don't they come with boomers so short range blast weapons like blunderbusses single-handed weapon and shield and double-handed weapon on the sprue uh, so you can make any of those options there's also a mega army um, which swaps in the resin warlord again and adds a new of the plastic chariots with mob beasts pulling them uh, which i think is Utterly darling. I know some people are going, don't like them. Well, you know. Have the, have the, gob the goblins got chariots yet? They're, a, they bit, them? they're a bit cute. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll, though, aren't they? yeah, but mobbies are very cute. Um, <laughs> it has to be said. Let me see where are mobbies because we'll be able to see them up close and personal there. There you go. Um, they are just a massive mouth on legs, hence the more. They're kind of squig equivalent almost yeah, in many ways. Yeah, yeah. like the, the, uh, land shark of panathor <laughs> um now these are again these are hard plastic and the chariot body itself is going to be used for the orcs the goblins and right. the ogres okay. yeah and the ogres already use goblins on mob beasts for scouts and let's face it chaff the first line to get whittled down it's are they the, the red the goblins. skin goblins that they use yeah. for the ogres? Yeah. 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 Well, they paint them red or get them to wear well, white, yes. so they know yeah. which one's yeah. not to hit. <laughs> so, red goblins, ours, other colored goblins belong to other people. Feel yeah. free to hit as much as you want. Um, so, because it's hard plastic, if you don't like them all based, you know, I'm sure you can find something else to stick underneath them. But I like the fact that they've gone with it because it keeps the theme throughout the you know what what are they going to find to pull out well they've already got a load of goblins kicking around with these things anyway so that's what they'll put on there in savage i imagine that means they've got the tilling in some state that we may see more based cavalry in hard plastic for the goblins as well because they, cool. yeah. they remain rustic whereas the goblin infantry got an upgrade a little while ago um there's also a couple of upgrade packs coming with this so these will be the hard plastic ogre sprues but then with resin pieces to make uh the different unit types so siege breakers um which i think by law you have to feel two hordes of siege breakers at any 2000 plus point <laughs> game of ogres i know i certainly do and i'm not alone in that um crush two massive shield defense six to the front Nobody's they look amazing so, they do, they do yeah. look great and you just walk oh, yeah. forward and make your opponent cry because he just can't get through that wall of shield coming right at you and uh, and if he does, then he gets a Morbius chariot in the flank, probably. Uh, there's also the actual shooters. So this is your long range, essentially ogre artillery. Uh, Again, resin arms to change the standard plastics into these um, 18 Pierce 2 shots. I took off a whole unit of, I think, um, Brock Riders, the dwarf berserkers mounted on 
feral badgers. Uh, I took them off in turn one against Justin, and he never played wow. them to war again. <laughs> so make of that what you will about how good the shooters are. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're they're a delightful delightful bunch of people. Um, but yeah, the the new plastics I really like. Oh, they look great. Um, yeah. Up armored, obviously chunkier legs, so they match the Vanguard resins that have already come out. So the Boomer Sergeants yeah. and the Matriarch and that sort of thing that have already appeared, uh, while still having enough similarity to the old stuff that it won't completely be desperate. In fact, they've kept the head ball socket so you can mix the heads with the older ones or if you've got because whenever you bought them you would get multiple heads anyway Uh, Mm -hmm. so if you want to mix up a bit more sprue wise you've got uh, plenty to be playing around with Um, but yeah exciting times come christmas Uh, i'm just just waiting on my i'm just waiting on my big red book arriving (laughs) i've ordered it Mm. a lot of people have been saying they just look like big orcs but i quite like that like i i i I, I'm fed up of the aesthetic that Games Workshop has done for ogres, where they're just big, flabby people. Yeah, fat people. <laughs> and I was like, I want big, muscular, badass ogres. I, I've, <laughs> I've seen people go in the big orcs, but my counter to that would be: show me an ogre and an orc in real life, and then well, and, yes, then, exactly. and then point out the differences, <laughs> yeah. the differences between a real ogre and and Mantic's interpretation of an ogre for their fantasy world. Because I think and I could be wrong here. I don't think orcs and ogres are real people. <laughs> But I like fat ones. I hate the, I hate the fat you ones like so fat much. Ones. Okay. Fat oh, ogres. No, no, they all look like they, you know, they're one step away from type two diabetes. Their feet will come off, and then <laughs> that's why they're so angry. <laughs> but the or- yeah, but then they require Mobby's chariots to pull them around. Ogres don't get diabetes. Remember, Jerry, they're not real. That's true. Not real. <laughs> it's the only thing saving them from the old type two. But yeah, uh, so yeah, loads of stuff coming Very from cool. Mantic. Also, as part and parcel of that, with the big red book just being the rules, um, you can actually, I know there's a code inside the book, but I believe on the website you can go and download all of the, I say, I believe, I've already done it, even though I don't need to. There's 320 pages of backstory, lore, and fluff from the rule books that have already come out that you can just go and download off Mantic's site uh, and will be part of their app when their app comes out, which is going to be for list building rules and fluff as well, um, which may also be later on this year. So if you're interested in finding out why ogres shouldn't be fat and why mob beasts are like little land sharks, uh, you can go in and get a massive, massive tomes worth of stuff. You will have to read it digitally, which is terrible, uh, but I have the books, so I'm okay. I can flick through paper. Anyway. That's enough of Kings of War. Otherwise, we will be here all day, and I'll just start list building in front of you on Easy Army. <laughs> What's up next, Ben? Uh, so next up, we're going to be looking at something a little bit tiny. So we've looked at big, huge, monstrous creatures, but now we're going to be looking at small, tiny, historically real individuals. No not fantasy ogres. here. Not ogres. Mm. No, so we're going to be looking at Pendrak and miniatures stuff. Um, so a lot of people will know they do 10 mil. We've looked at them as, at, uh, as an indie of the week back in the past and all that kind of stuff as well. But they've been recently working on bringing together their sort of updated and refreshed Russo-Japanese war range. Mm. Now, this came to uh, they're very small. <laughs> so well, not just this, miniatures. In this case, there is a bo- there you go. Look at that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was originally designed uh, because a customer wanted this. <laughs> so they built the army specifically for for them. 
but they've also said that they can put them on general sale and so they're going to be doing that as well so just as a point of, uh, of order those flags that you see on the top of the miniatures on some mm-hmm. of the commands they're not going to be in the um, official release of the set when it goes right. out to everyone else you'll just have little stickers or transfers or whatever to, you, you need to use to build those or just yeah. make your own or paper banners like but yeah paper banners but yes this is going to be a set of both obviously russian and japanese troops mm-hmm. for you to use uh, they've pretty much ironed out everything they want to do for the range at the moment so there's going to be mm-hmm. the command elements that we've seen so far there's the core infantry that are going to be done up in a couple of different dress types so you've got the um not in a couple of different dresses but you've got yeah. summer troops and then you've got sort of winter troops winter, and all that yeah. kind of stuff as well which is always nice to see um, uh, they're also working on cavalry and artillery crews as well. Um, and that kind of brings me to kind of where they're going to be taking the range going forward. They're also going to be designing actual artillery pieces to go with this at the same time. Uh, and all of this, as you can see, is done in 10 mil. So it's going to be perfect for those people that want to play out very, very small armies on very, very big scales mm-hmm. um, for fighting things out. And as we talked about um, last week, uh, this is one of those periods of history that I think a lot of people kind of just gloss over, but mm. it's a pretty important sort of uh, sort of section of European and or Asian history that mm. not, not a lot of people sort of really play on the tabletop uh, because, you know, this was all sort of around um, Nicholas II and his kind of, as I like to call it, his long defeat almost, where mm. he just relentlessly kept bashing away at the uh, Japanese to try and win. Um almost to save face effectively. And it kind of laid a lot of the um, the seeds for the, revolu- the revolution and sort of what happened in World War One and everything like that as well. But it also kind of cemented the Japanese as a proper military fighting force mm-hmm. that people actually believed could do stuff uh, rather than just being sort of like, oh, it's just the Japanese kind of thing, which I think was uh, was really important, actually. So if you are interested in that kind of area of history, I would highly rec- recommend going to learn a little bit more about the Russo-Japanese War because it is fascinating. I did a little bit about it for sort of my modern history stuff at college, and uh, it was I thought it was going to be, oh, fussy, blah, whatever. Where's World War One? Give me World War One. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's very cool. There's a, a great video on um, Potential History's YouTube channel about the naval encounter where the, mm. the Japanese basically tore, tore the Russians apart. Yeah. He, he does a whole explanation of the run-up to it and why it was so bad. And, yeah, mm. it's, and he does it in a comical way, so it's very easy to follow along with. <laughs> Well, that's cool then. Well, if you can find me a link for it, John, I'll try and put it down to get down in the yeah. in the show notes. That'd be cool. I will, I will try. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was also going to say this is I I believe I'm hopefully I'm getting my history right. Someone correct me in the in the comments if I'm wrong. But don't worry, they will. But I believe <laughs> even I, if you're not wrong, they will. Too. I believe this Nicholas II was the last general to ride into battle alongside his troops before everything changed and all generals sat at the back in an office somewhere in uh, Sandringham or something. Um, but yeah, so if, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but I'm fairly sure I learned that in college. Otherwise, my lecturer was an arsehole, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's come back to get me many, many years later. But as you can see, they've expanded the range over on the preview page and showed off a lot more models. As There was a lot of them to dive into, so I didn't yeah. really go too much into it. But you've also got your Chinese civilian set as well, which is uh, well worth having a look at. And uh, yeah, it's just really nice that they're basically a customer's like, I'd like a new army. And they went, yeah, sure. And then this meant that they could kind of refresh the, um, the range as a whole for uh, a pretty important scrap in uh, modern history. So there we go. Very cool. Interesting Sweet. stuff, especially whenever you know, because because what happens over there generally reflects what then happens in Europe. Prime well, example yes, being yeah. 
yeah. that obviously had an impact on World War One, but then prior to World War Two, Japan didn't get much in the way of additional lands, um, which is why they swapped from being an ally in World War One to being an Axis power in World War Two. Because it was like, you know what? We really want big chunks of China, Russia, and anybody else around us. And you can't tell us. Hello, Manchuria. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah pretty yeah. much so. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's uh, a shock goes around the world, I think, is the phrase, isn't it? Yeah. And also, gaming in 10 mil. Check it out, man. It's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, very, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you want to do things on a grand scale, definitely 10 mil is, is a great exactly. way to look at it and yeah. not have to require a barn uh, to actually set the... the and so much easier to paint as well. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, moving things on, uh, we go, we've gone from sort of fantasy into historical, and now we're going to sci-fi. Um, we're looking at some new stuff from War Games Atlantic. Uh, they have expanded on what's available for Death Fields mm-hmm. uh, with a whole new range of aliens for you to dive into and have fun with. So these are the Harvesters Alien Bugs, <laughs> which uh, mm-hmm. would you like to know more? Uh, so yes, this is a awesome set of plastic aliens for you to use in your role-playing games, your sci-fi skirmish games, maybe even a little bit of fantasy if you want a weird, creepy fantasy force to face on the tabletop. I, I was looking at them for um, Night Stalkers to use them as Exactly. Creepers. They'd be perfect mm, for that. Mm. Uh, the set comes with 30 multi-part plastic miniatures in the set. Um, 20 of those are the big bugs with all the blades. Mm. And then the other 10 are the smaller bugs that you see so kind of like the lava stage versions of the creatures that you could use bursting out of people's chests or something if you prefer to do that Mm. um in addition to all of the melee options that you see there because obviously big claws (laughs) they've also done uh ranged weapon options as well so you can have kind of like underslung weapons that are attached to the, the creatures um if you wanted to add um some sort of threat from afar into the mix do we have pictures of that Unfortunately, there's not. There are some images on the sprues, but I don't yeah. think I put the sprue picture in there. But no, uh, yeah, so. I, I think these were early. Well, these would have been the prototypes that uh, yes. were painted up for the yeah. box art. So yeah. I don't think they had those ones. They will be pictured off. on their web store, though, which we'll look at in a second. Yeah. But there you go. There you go. That gives you an idea of the um, the scale of them compared to the new Ura Marines, Ura. which came out for well, all of these things are for pre order anyway. But the uh, Ura Marines came for pre order quite recently as well. So if you wanted to have a proper full-on Marines versus Bugs showdown, you can indeed do that, which is always nice to see. But as I said, I don't think there's anything stopping you from using these for pretty much any genre of, of game because there's nothing overtly sci-fi about them. Uh, you know, you know, call them alien bugs, but they could be absolutely anything. Yeah. They could be a fantasy swarm that's been sort of dug from the bowels of the earth by some be, evil uh, warlord or something. So yeah. Russian Napoleonic trips, they could be them. <laughs> they could be them as well. <laughs> oh my god. Just put Starship Troopers on. Starship Troopers, but Napoleonic. <gasps> oh my god. Give everybody yeah. a shackle and away you go. Le Haisant, but mm. aliens. <laughs> it was interesting when they yeah. did um because they started previewing these a while ago mm-hmm. and then essentially yeah. went, you know what? What do you think we should call them? Because we're just calling them bugs at the moment because Starship Troopers. Um and so they they essentially ran a competition where yes, people could yeah. suggest a name and backstory for them, who they are, where they come from. Uh, and they picked out the best. And then the, I think the winner got a big galvy bucket load of tiny fighting miniatures uh, for the trouble. So the blurb that you'll read on the back of this box when it comes out has been written by just a War Games Atlantic fan. But I really like how they've, they've approached things like that. And the, because they have a forum, um, 
in fact, we've got the desk field site, so I'll just do that. But are they called the harvesters because they have big size for mowing down the wheat? Yes, let's say yes. They're actually just sci-fi peasants. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can go to the you can go to the uh, War Games Atlantic forum uh, and read all the the various uh, runners up, shall we say, i.e., losers. There we go. We can we can open up that uh, harvesters one. I think they've got the sprue pictures at the bottom of the yeah. gallery there, so we can have a look at those. Um, but the, uh, in in general as well, just having a look at the Deathfields website at the moment, they have. I think they there they go. There's the raindrops at the bottom. Yeah, it's like oh, four yeah, so four of them to choose from. So yeah, they yeah. shoot from their arms, not from their arses. Then yes, there's no arse shooting with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> your your um, game, your way. Yeah, well, that's true. You could stick them on their arse. <laughs> Uh, who's to tell the anatomy of these bugs? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Deathfields range as a whole has expanded hugely since it first came out. It's, I mean, it's just the poor Raumjäger by themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know how last week we were talking about the idea of building up Imperial Guard forces, Astra Militarum stuff and things, you know, obviously it would be really nice for Games Workshop to do a lot of their stuff. And we will talk a little bit about that later. But um, I think if you're looking for alternatives, there's a heck of a load of good stuff for you to choose from uh, when it comes to War Games Atlantic. And not just for um, kind of like standard sci-fi stuff either. We looked at a com spot um, last weekend and was also featured this week uh, over on Tabletop where someone used uh, the Bulldogs to represent Victorian sci-fi miniatures. Yes. Um, so you've got some really awesome ideas there too. The they even have Space comes. Dwarves as well. So Yeah, the, the, <laughs> and here you are. Yeah. Even, the, even um, yesterday I put out your three colours up on leagues. Yeah, backstage or something. The Eisen cans from yeah. uh, the Dreamforge range mm. stuff. Yeah, very cool. And you use the Les Grog dance, don't you? I think Lloyd, or have been looking at them. Was it? I think I do have some yeah. kicking about. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then, Games Workshop released their plastic death core, and that's kind of put the end. All oh, right, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is this is going to be interesting. And this was another competition where they had a, a fight off. A, I want to say two years ago, people they wanted people to suggest what plastic kits they should make, and then they got a short list, and then they got people to vote, and then there was multiple rounds where they whittled it down, whittled it down, and eventually the winner was a guy who wanted Landschnecht ogres. <laughs> I was like, okay, smashing. So they eventually went, okay, they're they're now here. Uh, and when they showed the sprue off, they went, by the way, there's also sci-fi components, so they can be part of the Deathfield range. Uh, <laughs> so they, these haven't even hit pre-order yet, but as you can see there, it's bigger than a harvester. If amazing. a harvester yeah. was wearing an ogre head or a Russian <laughs> Napoleonic shako, then yeah. they would be the same size. But otherwise, yeah. you know, you can see there a bulldog and one of the Ura Marines, one of the vain looking ogres slash ogrins. It, it was fascinating when they, because they started talking a little bit more about the, the Landschneck ogres last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. The and they showed off the, the fantasy versions of them with their big swords and everything. Yeah. And I was like, and then we got the emails through. They're like, oh, no, we're doing other stuff with them. And I was like, the guns? Oh, my God. These I are suppose <laughs> if you wanted to make them look a little less fantasy, you could fill in with green stuff on their pantaloons, the little gaps. But the slashed yeah, silk slash looks silk. so amazing. I'm just saying. I think, I think that's why they're they're going for the vein as, yeah. as the nickname, because they're all uh, they're all posh, outlandish outfits. Could, but yeah, yeah, because it's that hard would be plastic. Easy fix for it, hard yeah. plastic, a break out the Dremel. Or a file and a bit of putty, and yeah, you just make them baggy pants on them, and, or, and you wouldn't have the the big slash silk look. So it wouldn't take much to do. A really easy ghillie suit conversion. Oh yeah, just that oh, sniper ogres. Yeah, mm. I love the idea of an ogre sneaking forward in a ghillie suit, basically looks like a tree, <laughs> <laughs> and then just. <laughs> <laughs> 
How do you snipe overwhelming firepower? Yeah. What is that ginormous mound crawling across the ground? <laughs> it's like a whole but, copse uh, of trees just moving across the field. Going, mm, it's, it's a little bit... We, it's a haystack just moved. <laughs> but uh, it's one of the things that I think uh, we've talked about, because we've looked at the War Games Atlantic range in pretty big detail through unboxings and everything. If you want to go and look at, look at more, Jerry's unboxed pretty much, I'd say, most of the range um, at the moment. horses yet. Haven't done the horses, but there. But um, they are pretty much on the. They're hitting the nail on the head when it comes to filling in all the gaps that other people want for not just sci-fi but fantasy, historical, all sorts of different things like that. They've been involved in a whole bunch of different companies helping them out with their games, like O two hundred hours. They obviously did the plastics for that game, yeah, um, and they're going to be coming out separately as full boxes yeah. from War Games yeah. Atlantic as well. And working alongside, is it Laser Raptor? Is that the company that did is, the space um, uh, space Katashan Vietnam guys? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say it's it's not. I think it's it's Tech like, Raptor. No, not Tech Raptor. Like Laser Reptilian or Laser Reptilian. Saurian Overlord One of those or things. something. Like yes, that. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah the, so, those those massive multi-part Katachan looking fellows look amazing. There's an end of the week we're going to have to revisit because their their actual resin range of stuff that it's based on is is fairly stonking. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for some, are you looking for a plastic kit that's awesome? I would go and check out War Games Atlantic. So, or <laughs> and with the these, I'm going, I'm going to call them the Saurian Overlord Overlords because I think <laughs> that's what they are. I mean, but, we could look it up, but could, <laughs> um, but again, they're the community side of War Games Atlantic is very good in that they're always looking for feedback and for discussion, which is why they set up the forum. And I believe it was at one point they went. Are there any model ranges out there that aren't in plastic that you think should be in hard plastic? Why not suggest or reach out to them or tell us and we'll reach out to them? And I think that's where that came from. The the Saurian Overlord Kalachan looking fellows was a case of somebody going, have you seen what they're doing? You, you, you could do these. You could do the core infantry and, and hard plastics for them. Um, so, yeah, they're always on the, the lookout for more stuff. I don't know how they fit the time in. Hudson must just never sleep. I imagine Hudson's just wired yeah. up with Pro Plus and coffee all the time. What's also awesome is that they I often see updates from them about where the ships are with all your stuff on it. So they're like, your models are T-minus four days away. That's <laughs> great. Well, that, that's, just, that's yeah. just part of the website. Yeah. Uh, you, you can always, you can always yeah. just go to the website and check where anything where is. Because, yeah. because if it's not currently in stock, it will be either upcoming and they have countdown timers. Um, which means you can just go in <laughs> to the, the where to buy part oh, of the website and then just go, down. yeah, oh, yeah. A countdown to joy. There you go. <laughs> so I think, down it, to I think it lurks in there somewhere. There it is. Oh, no, that's their stockists. Oh, no, that's Sorry, their no. stockists. Yeah. There is one in there, believe me. There is one. Um, and when, when it's just a massive container ship going to either um, Europe or Asia or whatever it happens to be, uh, then you can. Oh no! Hang on a minute. It lives in release schedule, doesn't it? Oh, it's down about <laughs> revising page layout for better. That's so. That's Reptilian where Overlords. Go. That's the name of the company. Ah, oh, so close with Soaring <laughs> Overlords. If you go into the release schedule when this is fixed, um, it will list the ships and stuff they're on because they yeah. transferred production from China to America. So it's everything ships out of there now. Um, but yeah, excellent stuff. I really need to. I need to get to work on some stuff. 
They've got really nice World War One Rangers, and I want to play Blood and Valor. I need those British, please. That would be nice. <laughs> I, I just need, I just need to paint the Germans and French that I've got, and then yeah. supplement You've made, some. Uh, they've weapons. made they've made ogres in the time it took them to preview the British <laughs> for them not to come out. Where are the British? Damn it! Never mind. Anyway, uh, so we're covering all of the uh, genres, I suppose, uh, this week because yep. we're also going to be looking sure. at some post-apocalyptic stuff as well. Um, so the folks over at Modifius have put together a bunch of new releases for uh, Fallout Wasteland Warfare. And there's also an ulterior motive for why I brought this up, which mm. you'll see later. So uh, one of the new sets is the Forged uh, Raiders uh, that you can use um, to be basically the baddest of the bad guys in your games. Um, so, yeah, they're led by, uh, and this isn't just a slur, they're led by Slag and Bedlam, <laughs> uh, who uh, are going to go out and raid the Wastelands for everything they've got. Who, who, and Who's this switch? coming from? This is Modifius. from Modifius for Fallout. Oh. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you'll notice that chap at the back uh, looks an awful lot like one of our crew. I wonder who that is. It's unfortunate that Justin's now called Slag. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the one that's called Slag? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's like the best Slag news I've ever heard. And if yeah. you open up the other picture that's next to that, Jerry, and we can have a look and we can do a little bit of a comparison. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, the next, next tab, next tab. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, no. I mean, John, John won because he finished his costume, actually, <laughs> his cosplay. But look, there's Slag. <laughs> Just needs the beret upgrade. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yes, this is your, like, if you want to play the really, really bad guys in Fallout, this is the one to go for. There doesn't seem to be much moral grey within I, uh, this section. I, so. No, I don't know what you're talking Let's about. Let's see Slag gray. again. Come on, bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to thank you for this, Ben. He's gonna... <laughs> I mean, he's... His beard does go all the way up to his ears. You'll need to trim that back slightly. But otherwise, you're pretty much spot on there. (laughs) Work here is done. Uh, But yeah, so you've got the Forged, uh, which are uh, an option for you to play around with uh, if you want to take that route with the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Then you also have the set of the Ghoul Settlers as well. Um, So this is a collection of named characters, but also there is one just random Ghoul Settler. I don't know why they made all of the named characters but one of them. They could have just probably found another one somewhere from the the game to to make but anyway there you go um so these are the people that you can use um to represent sort of settlers and people that live within your community in your games of fallout uh wasteland warfare thing is i remember where these i remember where these characters are in fallout 4 like i've seen all these i've seen the forged and i've seen these guys as well so i shot them all killed them it's one of the things that I think is really nice about what they've done with Fallout and also with the um, the Elder Scrolls game. I love that kind of Leonardo DiCaprio, oh my God, <laughs> moment where you, you point and you see these characters and you're like, I know where they came from, which is always nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is your sort of ghoul settler set with a bunch of different characters for you to play with uh, and using your games. Uh, and then capping things off as well, there's also a character miniature for Jake Finch, uh, who I'm reliably informed by Modifius, because I've not played the game, uh, is a guy who the Forged were attacking his settlement or whatever, and he was like, look, I've made something for you. Here, take this. And they took it, and instead of just going away, they went, why don't you join us? And he went, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He waved goodbye to his family. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he gets a metal bullet through his head. Well, there we go. So, yeah. 
I was about went. to say, maybe you'll be able to save his life, but John's ruined my dreams. It's not worth <laughs> it. He, he wasn't worth it in Fallout 4. He's not worth it. <laughs> save his life for just end so, yeah. Oh. so yeah, a bunch a bunch of miniatures that are kind of interconnected, which is always nice to mm. see, and you can kind of play around with some fun ideas for scenarios, because obviously one of the nice things about Fallout Wasteland Warfare is that you can play kind of narratively driven stuff. You can play face-offs between warbands and squads <laughs> and that kind of thing at the same time. And capping things off for that release as well, there is one more thing. So there was also the Homestead expansion book. Um, so a lot of people will know that with the Fallout games and also Skyrim and everything as well, there's often times where you can build your own locations and build your own homesteads. Uh, and this book comes with additional information for building up said settlements, uh, looking after the resources of it and stuff throughout the growing campaigns. Uh, and also protecting it from raids and all that kind of stuff as well. So you have a little bit of a mini game within the game, which I think is a really nice thing to add, and it kind of builds on the expansion qualities of uh, Fallout and stuff. So yeah, very nice. You know, Justin also looks like a miniature version of Jamie Heineman in that picture as well. (laughs) (laughs) Who is Jamie Heineman? Mythbusters. He's he's the walrus from Mythbusters. The the berry-wearing one. He does. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now no one will ever unsee these things. There we go. But anyway. Why, uh, why would they? <laughs> uh, moving from the post-apocalyptic future to something that is equally as post-apocalyptic and yet still going on, uh, we have the worlds of Warhammer 40,000 and Age of Sigma. Uh, but we're going to be starting off with some 40K stuff because we've got another extra preview. You know how last week everyone was like, <laughs> we won't see regiments. <laughs> That's we true. See- Everybody just miffed you. I didn't. I didn't. I sat totally on the fence. You did, yes. (laughs) We won't see specialists. What are you talking about, Ben? Well, screw you, because look, Atalan, Attilan, Rough Riders, I've been previewed for use with 140,000. Big steroided horses charging into combat with very tiny riders on the back of them. It's Um, it's the shock lance that does the damage. Lance goes in, grenade explodes. So yes, these are uh, the update as a plastic kit since they last existed back in 2009, uh, and they've been been given a little bit of a revamp uh, for you to use them on the tabletop once more. Uh, they come with their explosive tip lances, as they usually did, which mm-hmm. is you can choose between frag and melter this time. So right. instead of just charging against uh, infantry, you could charge a tank with a horse. You always you could really charge a tank. <laughs> well, they, they were always amazing. <laughs> So uh, now you've got more reason to do it. Why would you put frag on? Because a melter will definitely kill infantry. Well, a melter will definitely do it, yes. Oh, yeah. A melter will melt them. Mm. (laughs) Uh, They also come with Glasgow, but who cares about those, right? It's all about the lances. That's the main thing. Um, But, uh, yeah, we've got a little bit of a preview of these, and we've got a look at the full squad of them at the same time, too. So as you can see, you've got a command character there with his saber at the ready, uh, and you've got to see what looks to become some kind of, like, shock lance type element as well for a little bit of melee combat too, which is kind of nice. Um, elephants. A lot of people have talked about the fact that the horses look massive, and I'm like, dude, this is a world where orcs and Eldar exist, and you know people are steroided out and turned into transhuman monsters. I think they can put steroids in a horse so that it fair, can take a lasgun. To so, be fair, if, yeah. if, if yeah. people are complaining about horses being too big, have they never seen a shire horse? Well, exactly. Have, yes. have they the never shires seen Shires are... are Beast. <laughs> Even oh. that, that I've never seen no, just a horse. Oh yes, because I'm fairly certain that's con- considering the size of that man. That horse is not massive. Well, yeah, that horse, horse is kind of horse size. I do yeah. like the fact that they've gone with the old Imperial Guard symbol as the branding on the horse's bum. <laughs> yes. So yeah. if it gets stolen, yeah. you can recognise it as Imperial. Oh, yeah, that's my horse. Because <laughs> yeah. that used to be running away with it. A- <laughs> 
That used to be the old transfer sheet for the Imperial Guard. Yep, the winged right. skull. Don't know if it uh, still is, but, uh, but it certainly no, was. Yeah. Hopefully, this is a sign that we're going to be seeing uh, them look a little bit closer at a lot more of those specialist units within the Imperial Guard and building up the regiments and stuff like that. Well, so. I'm looking at it thinking, mm, I wonder if they could be altered into Death Guard or Death Corps sort of Rough Riders. And you know the way that they have that sort of alien horse? If you split its hoof in two down the middle, yeah, why not? And, oh, cut yeah. and cut its tail off, and then they called like, the chem riders. Don't they? Don't no. they? Don't no, they have a little death riders? Yeah, they have a little, they're like a skeleton tail on the back instead, sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I'd say the, the original death corps I remember seeing were just on horses. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know when they, they changed over to lizardy things. I know they didn't have the they, chem they dogs, just them, they're, yeah. they're just they're just big, bigger, more badass looking horses. You just yeah. need to give them a gas mask, yeah, and away you go on the horse. I mean. But you need to fiddle with their feet as well. Oh, why? Who says? Because look at the two little, like the camel-toed hoofy thing going on. I, I know there's certainly a 3D printed version out there that's got that. Oh, there's but, definitely is, yeah. But I'm fairly certain the original I, Death Corps yeah. were just on horses. There was no... I would, still, oh, no, no, no. They have a, no, no, they're weird alien horsey things. They, they, they are. They're, they're toes. To Forge World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they're really expensive. So I was looking at these guys. Maybe these could be it. Because for like months, I've been sitting home and hand about where would I get some sort of Death Corps riders from? Mm, maybe I can convert these, or maybe I should go down a 3D printed route. Or maybe I can convert these and then Games Workshop can sicken me and actually release them just <laughs> as I finish converting these. That's, uh, that's never going to happen. Because that would take three years do. to convert these, wouldn't it? <laughs> for me. <laughs> depends, how, depends what ship shield you're going to decide to put on them. <laughs> I mean, Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd is right. They do have yeah. split hooves on the. Uh, you know, I put it in yeah. Discord for you. Uh, so. And fl- and flipping bony tails. Yeah, like, yeah. You can, like just stick scouting arms on their asses for that. Poor horses. Um, I would assume <laughs> that the plastic kit is going to be that you'll have the. Well, if it's like standard riders that they normally do for games workshop, it'll have the legs are separate and then the bodies and torsos and arms will all be separate hopefully unless they do it as some kind of weird push together kit or something it'll both. it'll be a it'll be a big dirty monopose yeah, yeah. either swap, way you the head swaps like, what i'm worried obviously. about because like yeah. the head's going to be molded in and everything it's not going to be a pop-on head these days is yeah. it you might be able oh, to just get away with just sticking the bodies and arms onto the top of the legs perhaps of the riders but. <laughs> at this point it's easier to 3d print <laughs> probably yeah there you go that's the old that's the death core horsies it's this so, Nonsense. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what, what is it? Is it like a skeleton arse tail thing? What has it got? Hi, so like a bony, just stick a skeleton's arm on there and be done with it. Like a coxie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they have got the little split hooves at the bottom. So, yeah. yeah. Weird. It's so creepy. Anyway. <laughs> I don't think I've ever paid attention to the miniatures. I've only ever seen just the. Well, look at this price. The, the You've seen the price tag and went, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped paying attention to 40k probably a long time before that's, they came that's out. That's for five models. That's for five, yeah. Oh, there you go. At least you're getting a squad. It's cheaper than three chaplains. <laughs> I like they had the balls to actually rebrand one of the images there with the modern 40k logo on it. Hey, you know, because you, you know, can use thought, them again. Yes, yes, this is still good. This <laughs> you, you know you can use them now because there they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bish, bish, so there bish. we go. 
Uh, so a little bit of an update on what's happening with the Imperial Guard. Apparently, they've also said that uh, Monday is going to be a big reveal. That could probably mean a tank. I don't know. Uh, or we are waiting on a tank that... reveal. We are a actually new, waiting for a, a new Chimera. No, we're the waiting. La- mm. well, apparently, the la- apparently, it's a new tank. The the Dorn tank. Oh, okay. Don't know. Well, the last vehicle they got was like a the one that came out with with all the flyers, like way way back in the day. So. Well, at least the, the last plastic tank, anyway. Plastic pickle. But anyway, there we go. Uh, moving away from the grim dark future, uh, we also have some stuff for the Mortal Realms. Uh, so the Warhammer Underworld's Gnarl Wood set is available for pre-order this weekend. Uh, and uh, you'll be able to dive in and pick this up. So we looked at this when it was announced back during the big reveals um, by Games Workshop. Uh, but this will come with the two new warbands. So you've got the Gnarl Spirit Pack, which are your sort of um, dark oath barbarians that worship something that is chaos, but they don't quite remember that it is chaos or know that it's chaos. Uh, And so they're going to be stalking through the woods, trying to kill a bunch of things and doing it in proper barbarian fashion. And on the other side of things, you've also got the uh, Sons of Belmorn, which uh, we showed to Lloyd and he went squee. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They're they're the dudes. Hey, the the guy in the front right is the dude from the Raid Shadow Legends lads. (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> blue glowy eyes that's the dude from yeah. Rear Shadow Legends yeah. um, but uh, but yeah so you've got those two packs to choose from there we talked about it we talked about them in the past so mm. I won't go into too much detail on them but uh, uh, alongside this there's also going to be the release of the previous sets so the Nether Maze pack is going to be made available so you get the um, the shadow the Knight Sh- Shadow Stalkers on the left there and then also the Clan Eshin Skaven at the same time. Um, these packs are going to be available separately, even though they're obviously shown here in an image together. Uh, but you're about to pick these up alongside their card packs. So if you wanted to dive in and pick these up, you can do. Uh, we'll give you some options for playing your games of Warhammer Underworlds mm. with some of the uh, latest um, hero sets, especially because they'll come with the Rivals cards. And then beyond that, for Warhammer Age of Sigmar, they're also going to be releasing a bunch of the Diachasm Warbands. So these were the ones that were available with the last big release for Warhammer Underworlds, uh, where it was set in the world in the Diachasm area of Gur. Um, but so these sets will come in their tradition in their plastic sets, as you see here, but they won't come with their card packs. So if you didn't get those, you're still not still gonna be able to get them. Uh, you'll have to find them from another source. Uh, but this allows you to add them into your Warhammer Age of Sigmar armies, um, because you could easily use them as character models for units if you really wanted to, or you can use them as their actual named collections uh, as part of a larger force on the tabletop, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, some nice stuff there for a variety of the different factions. I think there's six of these in total yeah. for you to dive in and have fun with. Uh, and obviously, one of the nice things about the um, the Underworld's Warbands is that they kind of give you a really nice slice of life look at the factions. Uh, and so if you've ever wanted to kind of dip your toe into a faction and see if you'd like the look of them, liked painting them, just wanted to test paint schemes. These are a pretty fun way to go. And that crab won, nearly won, Miniature of the Year last year for Games Workshop. (laughs) (laughs) So, because everyone voted for it as a meme. So there we go. Crab crab face. Yeah. Interesting. Those vampires are amazing. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. But yeah. Court of the Crimson King. Interesting stuff. I'm not sure why this orc is wearing a frog tiki mask he's made out of cardboard mm. <laughs> well I, I think a lot of, I, th- 
weirdly, it goes back to the, if you go back to the Null Spirit pack, mm. uh, which is the first set, and you look at the bug face at the bottom, a lot of people were tying it into that bug look. And I think remember last time we talked about these, there was the idea that um, that might be the race that was revealed instead of the Cruel Boys, yeah. like a, a new faction for Age of Sigmar. So that kind of theme is maybe carried through in a bunch of stuff. You'll see it in some of the faces and the skulls and things that appear in things as well. So maybe we'll get those in the near future. I don't know. But either way, uh, a pretty awesome way to dive in and play some Warhammer Underworlds with new warbands. Mm. Pow, 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 pow. And don't forget, so, you can win a copy. You can win a copy. And if you don't want to win a copy for whatever reason, you can also pre-order it from uh, Stored on Tabletop. Yeah, if you miss Swing. out, that's the Way. so yeah <laughs> all of these will be available for you to pre-order so have fun with that there we go okie dokie i think that's sufficient onto the day thereof for the news let's have a quick swish and when we return we'll have kickstarters and 3d printing okay folks we are back and it's time to take a look at some 3d printing hmm. benjamin has found Esquice. Esquice miniatures, yes. Uh, so I picked this one out because I think they create an interesting mix of different things. Mm -hmm. um, rather than being one of the 3D printers that we've looked at where they kind of very much focus on historical or fantasy or sci-fi, uh, Esquice, Esquice, uh, do a nice selection of different things uh, that cover pretty much all different genres, really. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, their latest set of Patreon releases kind of ep epitome that, really. So uh, you've got a section of awesome uh, World War stuff for you to play around with, which is always nice to see. You've got a little bit of World War One, a little mm -hmm. bit of World War Two, And then also there's a sci-fi dwarf in the middle as well, because who wouldn't want one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Wait, just before you get into this, or you're bringing up the pictures, how do you actually find these people? You go to Patreon. <laughs> yeah, and type in Esquice Miniatures. And as e -S spelled <laughs> E S K I C E M I. I'm not going to spell miniatures. Uh, also, also, if 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 you want to be lazy, there will be a link down in the description below, so you can go and click that. Yep. Pedants. There we go. So, anyway, Pedants. so yes, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff for you to uh, dive in and have a look at. So uh, there's the World War II stuff, as you see here. So you've got Africa Corps sort of charging forward. You've got galactic space troopers, which are in no way related to Star Wars, nope. uh, fighting things and taking on. Who's <laughs> Africa Corps going to run into a massive, massive problem <laughs> if all they've got is that? Yes. So yeah, very cool stuff there. Looking very nice. Um, uh, it's one of the, one of the nice things about the Esquise range as well is that like I've had a look at some of the stuff that's over on their my my mini factory page mm -hmm. and a lot uh, some of their sort of older stuff is a little bit soft in places and things but I think as time's gone on they've added a lot more detail to the miniatures yeah, especially when you see the ones here which are really nice. Mm. So. I like the guy sniffing his hand. <laughs> I, I think you find his ears palming. He has just watched the shot that was lined up to take out some sort of small oh. light tank coming towards See, them yeah. across the Maginot line and then watched as they just drove around the corner oh, and yeah. avoided the Maginot line it's like oh <laughs> where were our heads Francois the Maginot line yeah. it's not long enough oh. <laughs> that, that probably makes more sense than my cowpat disaster okay <laughs> Uh, the other thing that you'll see, you'll notice there that's actually mentioned in the image is that they're rescalable, so you can use these for 28 mil if you want to. But I think these would be really, really nice uh, seen done in sort of 15 mil. I think um, because then I think sort of the slightly more exaggerated 
um, proportions that you see sometimes in their heads and, and heads and hands uh, will come off really nicely when it comes to kind of sort of identifying yeah, what a certain character is on the on, on yeah. the tabletop in 15 mil yeah so yeah a really nice section of stuff for that kind of october period as you can see um and uh i, th- I think it's always nice to see people coming up with interesting ideas for moderns collections I, I suppose as well um because you know a lot of the time you'll see people doing stuff that is very specific to something whereas i think it's really nice to see that basically a skis has gone let's just make stuff for a whole bunch of different things mm. uh, for world war ii and yeah whatever floats their boat type of whatever floats the boat yeah. yeah making things that they like really and also nice to see the actual final products as well so it shows mm-hmm. what it looks like when it's actually been done which is always good to see when it comes to uh especially when you've got something like a, a sand ramp mm. yeah on either side that are you know absolutely perforated I was thinking that's got to be a pain in the backside to to uh, to print because all yeah. of a sudden you're just hitting massive, you know, voids or negative space up here so often. But it's come out really well. It's like, a, it's a nice it's a nice level of confidence that they actually say, "Hey, we'll we'll show you some of this stuff done as well." So, look, Polston gun. Hmm. So you can make friends and influence people in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really interesting bunch of stuff. This is all An the early October bits. So they also have a, a website as well. They do, yeah. So uh, the website's really cool because it kind of gives you an idea of pretty much all of their catalogue of releases. Um, but the other thing that's really nice about what Eskies do is that a lot of the things that you're seeing here, um, which are available as 3D printable files, STL files, essentially. Um, you've also got access to a huge range of physical models as well. So if you want to get these physically, in most cases, you can just pick them up as the, the proper printed versions if you really want to. Um, so if you don't have access to a 3D printer, you don't have a friend with a 3D printer, or you don't want to go to like a fab lab type thing or something, uh, or you don't want to get Etsy, you don't want to bury yourself into Etsy. <laughs> You can go and just check out everything from a skis. And obviously, if you buy it from them direct, you get it direct, which is always nice. Go on, Jay. Click the price. Yeah, go on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why we're here. Because that'd be great for something like Saga, for example. <laughs> wow. Well, that's one of the nice things. About it. Obviously, they say Saga there. So, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah so yeah, this, yeah. Uh, that that horse got a big bum. But anyway, um, so <laughs> uh, one of the nice things about this is they actually do a really good section of stuff for the Dark Age. So you've got... Um, uh, sort of Saxons and Vikings and all that kind of thing mixed into the mix as well. So there you go, Dark Age slingers, Vikings, Berserkers. There's even a Drakkar. You've got a longboat there as well. And the uh, passengers. I yeah. want this to be one guy kicking back. <laughs> Have a look at him at the moment. Kicking back, relaxing, on, calling on, shooting some. Beeball. Beeball. <laughs> Beeball outside the school, yeah. But there's Jerry at the front as well. Yeah. <laughs> I get uh, I which it. one which one though this is many different versions of Jerry. oh yeah yeah, this, yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's like uh the ascent of man <laughs> just a, the ascent of jerry but my hair changes over time yeah. hair and beard length extreme yeah um, oh that's really like there. The tracker, yeah. yeah just uh you're just having a snooze hmm. yes yes i am <laughs> it's good it's good to be me there's also a free figure that you can download in the french section as well mm-hmm. So, if you want to see how the actual things print out yourselves, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a free French. Not to be confused with the free French. <laughs> yeah, it's a free French rather than the. Oh free my god! What, what a nerdy joke that was. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> had to get one in. That's, yeah. that's clinker. Ooh, mm. Suma. Oh, a chinchilla. Yeah. Oh, not a chinchilla. 
oh, I want one of those so bad. A real one, not. <laughs> they're, not so, they're so stupid. But but they've Are got those the, little tiny compartments at the front for the drivers. That's, yes. that's, that's a driver, and they've got like little pullover. Yep, little pullover hoods. hoods oh my god! To protect them. Yep. Thus keeping the low profile, not having to actually make it too high. Yep. Does that have a? Is that meant to have a gun at the front of it as well, or not? Or no. is it? Oh, okay, that's right. A now. light. That's a light. Wow. So is it literally just for taking troops into battle? It's it's a it's a. T- yeah. It's a crappy little tractor that's made to do, it's designed to tow that crappy little trailer oh that can't carry gosh. anything worth a damn. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure if push comes to shove, they could probably... French! You know, <laughs> it just looks like a bullet, ma- a, bu- a bu- bullet magnet. <laughs> yeah, but just to a gun to the back line somewhere, you don't go forward. Oh, a definitive Sherman pack. Oh, with, with all sorts of Normandy-esque mm. funnies. Mm. Mind flare as well. I like the M7 with the crew. Yeah, that looks good. The I priest, good. See, the other priest, the other priest. <laughs> we we're showing both versions of priests. Actually, yeah. we're not. There should be a third. There could be the defrock priest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's really cool because I you've seen I've seen priest kits in the past, but they don't tend to have as many crew on them yeah. you tend to have maybe one or two where that's gone all in oh man you, i love the guy i mean that's probably going to be a nightmare to print and paint the, the, um, the guy at the back pulling his pulling shoes his down. down yeah yeah that's such that's a, a diorama piece that's yeah great. yeah or an I, objective or an objective but of course I bet, I bet that prints pretty well to be honest i would just be really worried about all the all the strings lines. for the, the the problem will be getting all the supports off of it after you've taken yes the, yeah. the nice thing is if they do fail you just cut them all away and then just glue string well yes yeah, you could do yeah, that across it Bosh, yeah, you know okay. if, it, if it does fail you've still got a substantial bit of uh silk up top i think i think that's a brilliant little kit I think because it, it kind of, as you say like it makes you think about scenario ideas it also fills a nice gap in a collection perhaps to make a very specific set of models which is always nice as well did, so. you, did you open the sherman pack no, I didn't open the Sherman pack. <laughs> it's fine. It's so open the more. Sherman pack. Open the Sherman pack. We open the Sherman it. pack. See other things. Well, we so want to see Sherman. Sherman, to me. Sherman, Sherman, Sherman. Deny <laughs> me staring at a Sherman for 10 seconds. <laughs> nice. Sherman pack. Very nice kit. Yeah. So now oh, it's all the M4A3 variants as well. But the chains used for breaking up minefields, is that yeah. what they were for? Yes. Yeah. They, they, were, they, were okay as, they were okay with barbed wire as well. Right. Yeah, there's the Calliope being the standard A- A3 and the Cullen's Hedgerow Cutter and the 76 mil gun. Like it's the, even got the, the snorkel. Tail. Yeah. You don't see many kits with the snorkel. Yeah. Oh, we know which kit uh, John is going to be downloading when he gets back. So. <laughs> Say that, but, but you could actually just be going ahead and doing uh, Jawas instead. Jawas! They're, they're furrier than you think. They're yeah. very tall looking, aren't they? They're That's only because they're close. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, we've no, we've no comparison to anything else there, <laughs> so you can't really tell if they're tall or not. I think those are cute, though. They're really nice. I mean, I know a lot of people have come up with things like Ewok armies and stuff, but a Jawa army would be amazing. So, yeah, pirate aliens. What's a trap? I love those. Very cool. 
Especially because, I mean, one of the things everyone complained about with Star Wars Legion to begin with was that there wasn't enough aliens in the Rebels packs. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, they, they kind of built on that, didn't they, with the specialists and things? But yeah. you could use these to kind of bulk things out a little bit. Yeah, and stuff, the, so, the yeah. trooper expansion packs, more or less, were nothing but yes. aliens. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was a good Very way to nice. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some cracking stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go back to the Star Wars page. Back to the Star Wars page. <laughs> yeah. Where am I? What was that other weird thing? It's like all the bikes. What are they doing? They're, I think they're, they're it's coming the dust over kicking a... up underneath them. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I'd have to cut that off. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you just wouldn't print it. Stick on yeah, the bikes. I'd, I'd imagine that's a separate part. Mm. I love the, the guy in the middle is just an orc yeah. who's just gone. Yeah. Uh... It's, a, it's, it's, it's the Warcraft Three orc. Yes, <laughs> it's just the Warcraft Three orc. It which, is, yeah. which makes perfect sense because let's face it: when they came to do the alien scenes in the cantina, it was whatever they had lying around. Which yeah. is why there's a devil and a wolf man, <laughs> a fat child. You know what have you got here, Elstree? What have you been filming? Dunhammer Horror, you say? Excellent. You've got some sort of ant magical. Put that in yeah. the bar, drinking some blue milk. It's all good in the hood. But yeah, okay. interesting stuff. Then so Patreon, my mini factory. Yeah, and their own website, yeah. And their so, own website as well. Snipers and ghillie suits. You too can make the thing from the swamp. Mm. <laughs> Fear the ghillie suited snipers. Yeah. There you go. So. Cra- cracking an extensive range in the historics as well with just the, the little sort of fantasy and sci-fi pitter-patter up the sides as well, mm. which is very cool. Very cool. Yes. I appreciate all of this and so much more. So much. I did a good job. I get to live again. You get to live for another <laughs> week. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. So, time to wrap up the show. And we'll be rounding it out, as always, with a couple of Kickstarters. Uh, we've already, I suppose, Alluded to. alluded to this one. Well, we haven't alluded to it. We showed you big stonking <laughs> pictures right at the start. So we'll finish off with uh, more stonking big pictures right at the end of War Crew Adventures. Uh, so Corvus Belly's Dungeon Crawler, um, which is an app-based dungeon crawler. So no rule book in this. It's all done via an app on either your phone or a tablet or a, a laptopy thing and that contains everything when you come to play um which does lead me to one unusual question because it tells you how to set up the game it tells you how to play the game um when you interact with things the app will tell you you know what happens because of it and the the storyline can branch or stop because of your failures or successes in your roles and the order in which you do things but it's still listed as two to four players but it's an AI organizes the, um, the the monsters, so I'm fairly certain you can play this solo if you want, and just dump two, two hand it with two two heroes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think someone actually uh, raised that in the comments, and they just said, "I'll oh, just play as two heroes," yeah, kind of yeah, thing. So yeah, yeah. So because there's there's no, there's nothing stopping you playing this solo because the the monster side the 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 dungeon essentially is run by the app, and it has an AI set of. Um, sort of organization with the monsters as well which changes over time so you, it's not 
every turn isn't always the same function for the that's monsters cool. that's attacking you. The, uh, the app will change randomness. things up slightly. Yeah, yeah, so you can't always go, if I stay at the back, I won't get hit. Uh, so yeah, solo play that's is definitely I, a possibility. That's what I really liked about the Journeys in Middle-Earth game, because I've been playing that for a little bit, and that's app-assisted. And that does a similar thing with the way that it sort of deals a lot of the background stuff and kind of just lets you play the game, which I think is quite nice mm-hmm. and sort of doesn't does all the bookkeeping for you. But anyway, yeah. sorry. So <laughs> if, if you yeah. haven't seen any of the videos that I did with, oh, oh, um, it's a new fantasy world. Uh, there's a place called Lindworm uh, and a mist rolled in and sort of covered up a big chunk of a continent and island uh, and then pulled back. Nobody knows where it came from and nobody knows why it pulled back, but in the mist, strange things lurk and people have started to go to explore this simply to see what sort of nonsense is on that island that can be exploited by the various factions and and territories. So uh, everything that happens in this dungeon crawler um, is sort of a band of adventurers drawn together uh, and sent out on essentially missions for guilds and other people to try and explore and find out what's happening and uncover the story. Uh, of the island and what's going on with it. So it's available as two pledges. Core pledge uh, gives you everything you need to play, all the core missions, uh, everything you need, dice-wise and miniature-wise for and the, that, the, the husks. But then just got, the core pledge would be the one that you guys can win if you comment on our videos about this and also back the Kickstarter. Yeah. So if you back the Kickstarter, you have the chance of winning the core pledge. Yeah. Um, and the Platinum Pledge is the same again, but with the Death Clause of Dream expansion, which adds a new race of tiny gribbly creatures, which the are just the, goblins the stuff, cutest, yeah. cutest little piranha goblins you've ever yeah. seen in your life. Um, <laughs> if you happen to be a Platinum, a Platinum, a Platinum Pledger, Platinum Pledger, <laughs> and you win the and you win the core set, you'll get the core set value refunded off that, so you'll just be paying for the uh, the expansion. Um, but they've been going through stretch goals, which are a mix of the usual sort of money slash time slash social media goals as well. So um, little daily unlocks have been cropping up, including uh, a new, I suppose, campaign. expansion yeah. campaign um, with the change of dread, um, because there's a a sort of a, it's a mystery that you're trying to solve. And so when you're, you're in your town and various things happen, uh, then... They take you in new and interesting ways and also uh, uncover sort of other bits and pieces that you can investigate within the actual town as well because your character, the app keeps tabs on what your characters are up to and what they're like and who likes them in town. So maybe the blacksmith doesn't like you, so your, your armor and weapons are going to cost a bit more to repair. Oh, that's or, cool. Or the tattoo like artist really likes you. So <laughs> uh, so there's like some semi-mythical and magical effects mm. Um, and cures and bits and pieces that you find that you're told, you know, you find a pendant, maybe bring it back to the uh, the blacksmith or the alchemist, and they may know more. And depending on how you fit with them, um, whether you're sort of faction aligned or whether they think you're a creepy evil person, uh, they may or may not be willing to help for more or less cash money. Um, so that it, it takes the role of the, the umpire and the GM does all the bookkeeping style of thing. For like that. That. Yeah. One of the things I was wondering, because can you give us like a brief idea of like the kind of the gameplay elements? Because obviously you were saying that the, it actually is quite easy to get your head around sort of yeah, mechanics uh, wise and stuff. So you can see there a board uh, for Zoka, his little dwarf tank. Um, you have a set of stats. So like your agility, your brawn, your health, that sort of thing. Uh, and then you also have these action slots 
on the the right hand side of the card and when you're playing uh you allocate your essentially your energy into an action slot and they allow you to do additional things like sidesteps and moves and sometimes you might be doing actions you don't need to do to complete the bar that allows you then to do an attack sometimes you might want to go for other things that are easier to achieve so the top one you require three energy cubes in there and it lets you like attack attack and move later on you just have one which will then allow you to do your action after only one but the reason that's so cheap is it moves you in the initiative tracker because the initiative Uh, tracker um I'm going to have to scroll up. The initial tracker is a, <laughs> is a wheel uh, that goes from 1 to 10. And it starts off where you put ah, okay. you put everybody's yeah. token down. And the order you go down is the order you activate in top to bottom. So oh, that's if, neat. I like that. So if all four of you activate on a four, you would then go, okay, who wants to activate first? The tank will activate first. And then our caster will activate last and blah, blah, blah. But then once you do your action, you then move an initiative point value around the tracker. So maybe your attack is initiative three and you go one, two, three, you're now activating again on seven. But if somebody else comes and activates on seven, they'll land on top of you. So you are constantly alternating and flipping. You might like that. You might have an ability that moves one point or you might, you know, backwards and another one moves you four points or 10 Mm -hmm. points. The monsters use the same initiative track. And sometimes you're told to put encounter or event tokens on the track at a specific point so as you're fighting and playing and then you hit that point then the game will go okay that needs to be resolved because you're on turn 10 and this has happened something else has turned up something's run away something's become tougher um so while there is options within your your game turn as to who activates when once the actual initiative starts moving then it becomes um, sort of mechanically set so you have to be you have to be very clued into where you're going to act and how you're going to act because the the actions that you and your your trip take will will change when you're next able to interact with the, oh, the game yeah. so that's the the combat phase itself is i'm not going to say dense but the combat phase has got a lot going on because you've got abilities that you can sort of charge up or uh, effects that will you know if you're the first person in in the initiative step then you get to do this and you'll get bonuses so it's you know card and dice mechanics and some of them are reset every phase or some of them are reset on certain specifics like if you're the elf ranger and you're far away uh, then you get little bonuses to being able to do like snipey stealth shots and stuff on crits so all of that's woven into it but when you're not in a fight a lot of time in dungeon crawlers, what happens is you're going, okay, well, there's nothing around to kill. Uh, I move four, one, two, three, four. You move three, one, two, three. You move, and it's very slow and drawn out. When you're not in a combat phase, when you're just in an exploration phase, you can move whole tiles at a time and into the adjacent uh, tile, okay. which means that you're not bogged down and very slow moving when nothing's happening. So you can, you can explore yeah. as quickly as you want and catch up with the party when the party is starting to get away. Um, but then if you turn around and you're uh, actually getting into combat, then you've got the, the nitty gritty and the, the movement within the actual square you're in becomes very important. I like that. Yeah. It zeroes down into more detail when it needs to. Yes, uh, and the rest of the time you can play catch up to your heart's content. Um, I also like the idea of someone lagging behind and just doing what they want and then can quickly come running. Yeah, but once it, once a combat phase is kicked off, you can if you're far enough away, you can move to the adjacent tile, but you can't move all the way into the combat. So if you're, if you're one tile behind, you can still catch up for combat. If you're two tiles behind, you can 
catch up that you'll be able to get involved in the next phase or if you're ranged you might be able to get involved in that phase depending on line of which sight. in itself is realistic if i'm lagging that far behind yeah. fucking straight into combat exactly yeah but it means you don't have to worry about somebody you know there's something that is at the far end of that corridor and you're going well if i go there and look at it now then it's going to take me turns to catch up on you or the dwarf never doing that because in most dungeon crawlers if a dwarf's moving three and an elf moves five then the elf scouts everything and the dwarf just walks forward because they, yeah. they can't turn around <laughs> if they turn around they're never getting anywhere yeah. that mitigates that you, know, <laughs> you can play around um the enemies then so the the husks the marked all of these weird and wacky body horror monsters are the main sort of um creatures you'll meet in the first campaign uh, we actually have some extra pictures of these so you can see them in all shiny glory uh, and these are whatever's happened in the mist uh, it's not just a mist is corrupting things there are there's a, a level of creep in there where the top level of creep are very sentient and have a plan and they're doing these things for reasons known to themselves uh, and then other things are just essentially reanimated bits of limbs there's a lot of flesh shaping going on uh the cryptic uh who uh, has been nicknamed lula uh is a delightful <laughs> creature that's just a mouth with a mass of tentacle like tails that ends yeah. with sharp spiky bits so it's it leans very much into the the sort of the mythos-esque strange non non-functioning monsters if that makes sense you know you're moving away from it has to have two arms two legs and a head with eyes into the it can be whatever it wants because it's a creepy weird tar mist monster that's this come is, out of nowhere this is the thing i was saying earlier about the way that it's got kind of like a, a corvus belly twist on things it's it's not just sort of your standard fantasy no. they, they've done something really odd and different and unique odd? with it so really <laughs> there's quattles on the it, side of that well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I think odd is is fairly fairly good way. It is not well. It is well. It is a standard fantasy. It's not a standard generic fantasy. Uh, it it they've really lent into certain aspects and directions within the game world to uh, sort of explore the weirdness that they want to. Um, so they're all terrifyingly awesome. <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't meet some of these because I imagine some of them would just be absolutely terrifying. Uh, <laughs> but as you can see, a whole slew of, uh, I, I know they have a name. Yaldaboa, is that what it is? Yeah, I think that the, may the be. The Yaldaboa, yeah. That, that would be why I can't remember it, because there's no <laughs> way that one's sticking in my head. Uh, but yeah, uh, various levels of evil and creeping insanity are in the uh, the sort of the core setup. And then obviously all the, the cards and bits of bobs and, you could, if you explore a chest, you can find stuff, and the, the app will go. You find this, you find that. So, because it's doing the bookkeeping, it saves you from. I'm not saying people would, but flicking ahead to see is it worth my while attempting yeah, to punch a lock on that chest? <laughs> What's in that chest? Oh, it's just yeah. got some bandages. I'm not opening that. Yeah. Um, you don't know what's going to be in it until you you've opened it and if you choose not to open it then good luck on your adventure you've moved on it's gone now and so be it you're not going to not going to see how it pans out it's not for you uh so the the game itself is absolutely stonking uh, as far as the the world they've built up and the mechanics behind it obviously they're opening up a whole slew of new 
um, miniatures that you can lay your hands on for the likes of heroes. So we've got people like the talentless bard with his birds of attack. Um, that's not my description. I was told that he's not <laughs> that, a very good bard. True, yeah. <laughs> Can't carry a note in a bucket. Um, and then this, I suppose, reanimated that's, statue. That, that's cool too. I yeah. mean, I was, I'm taken back by that one because I didn't recognize it from all the other characters. Yeah, so not not sure if it's a, another race or if it's a like a spirit of a race that's currently there inhabiting a statue. Uh, whatever it is, it's decided that the best way is to uh, get stuck in there and, and roll, as I, uh, roll all face. As I like Warforged in D&D, mm. that is totally... My bag. <laughs> if, yeah. if you're looking to get into this though quickly, that we do have how to play videos that have been going out. So how to play? We've got unboxings. We've, yeah, yeah. we've got a how to play video, and then we have an actual let's play. And Corvus Belly also produced their own short version of a how to yeah. play using their their really cool animated. Yeah, it doesn't have my narration on it. Then <laughs> I'm just saying these are the the red caps, the um, gobbers. So the, this yeah. is from the the expansion, and they are. Like little tiny goblin lampranas. Led by Nuada. Led who's by... not at all related to the uh, Hellboy version. No. <laughs> no but, well, anybody who anybody who knows anything about Irish myth oh, yes, will have spotted right. that yeah. most of the names of things yeah. have come screaming out of Irish myth and yeah. legend and in some cases is just Gaelic. So Nuada I, Silverhand is is uh, I really hope that Nuada is one of those villains that you're going to fight in the campaign and you're actually going to be able to like turn him to your side and he becomes like a hero or something i think that would be amazing stranger yeah. things have happened stranger things yeah. have happened. mainly because the model looks amazingly badass so <laughs> yeah um there is a whole host more there's myself and sat down for i want to say an hour which was quick for me um to talk about the world and some of the characters and stuff so there's there's an awful lot going on um beyond Hawthorne Point, and this is going to be the first, like we said, the first introduction to this world for an upcoming war game as well, um, further down the line. So all of the miniatures in here will be compatible with that war game whenever it appears. Um, Do you know what's cool about that though? This does help flesh out the world. So when the war game appears, the world's already fleshed out and you've got a good understanding of what's going on. Already the factions, the nations, the yeah, rather than just. Evil. Rather than yep. just being presented two armies or three armies or whatever it is and say fight, and you're like, well, why are we fighting? Yeah. This already sets the scene. You're fighting because the stain is creepily resurrecting bodies or somebody is sticking bodies, parts together with you know, the, the living stain. Um, yeah. And it does it. That. And it does in an adventure way. Like it sets the scene by going on an adventure rather than just sitting reading yeah. fluff in a book. Which is cool. Yeah. My yeah. narration is not going to be available for everyone. That, so. <laughs> yeah, I would so. also point out for a lot of people, because a lot, uh, plenty of folks are asking about, well, you can see it there actually, <laughs> the um, the material yeah. for the models yeah. and the scales and stuff. So it's kind of like 32, 35-ish, but like the characters are a little bit bigger and more yeah. like evocative and that kind of thing. And it's all high quality PVC plastic, as I said. So, mm. uh, so. it'll be what you've seen for... Some Aristeus stuff and things like yeah. that. So yeah, it's, it's if you're already familiar with Corvus Belli stuff or Aristeus or Infinity, then uh, that sort of scaling. Um, and they is, have the rules they have to across. download. Yep, yep. You, rules you, are you download download. Rules. There's also a tabletop sim version as well, so you can check that out. Yeah, so, yeah. there are 
uh, I want to say 12, so 11 days left. 11 days left, yeah. Already funded. And uh, yeah, plenty of videos kicking around on the website if you're interested. And if you are a backer, you've also a chance to win your core pledge as well. Make sure you comment on our videos over on YouTube so, or yes. on stored on uh, on table.com. Not stored on table.com on our website. <laughs> There's no videos on the store. So. <laughs> yes, just to clarify, you have the chance to if you're a backer, you have the chance to win your core pledge. So if you've done the core pledge plus something else, you can win the core pledge and only have to pay for the other bits that you want. Mm-hmm. And to do that, obviously, you need to be a backer, and then you have to you have to drop a comment in either under videos on on YouTube here or over and on tabletop, and then we will choose a winner. And hey, Presto, you get your core f- pledge for free. Bingo bongo, as the man says. We <laughs> have one last Kickstarter. It's a very quick one. Yes. Uh, and this comes from Westphalia. Uh, it's called The Heroes, or Ben? Uh, no, not going to try that. I'm going to say it as if this was English. Tipoi, but it's not that at all, probably. Oh, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> uh, what, what is that character? Oh, we'll get to that character in a minute. So the heroes um, come courtesy of a young sculptor from Ukraine called Roman, who um, a while ago just reached out to Westphalia and Calvary West, you need to hire me. And uh, from that cheeky message, Calvary went, all right, then do like a little dungeon crawling uh, unit for us. Um, so he started working on some miniatures uh, and then all hell broke loose in February. So this um, is a very, very small little hero pack plus a monster. Um, Roman's already been paid for it but he's going to keep the rights for reproduction and any subsequent seals who get a cut of the profits. Uh, I think 35% of that uh, to help him out in these trying times. But what we have are four fantasy characters in a sort of Slavic mythological style. So the dwarf, a pair of elves and a human um, who are all based on that sort of historic fantasy look for the the region, um, which means you get to see Elves looking a bit more brutal, a bit uh, more Cossacky. Yeah, a bit more Cossacky. <laughs> uh, an elf maiden with uh, a sickle out collecting stuff. So I told you, there's always two types of elves: feral elves, hoity <laughs> um, toity elves. These are the feral types. Uh, Ruman, the experienced dungeoneer, uh, as the paladin, right? <laughs> paladin or cleric. Um, and so when they were putting this together, and obviously they they sort of had to ramp it up in a relatively short time. Um, because they hadn't planned on doing this until next year. Um, Boris, who is the the main sculptor for Westphalia, uh, added in Boris as a henchman from a neighbouring country. He's always drunk. (laughs) I I hear you, Boris. And then the tank, the elite of the Dark Army that's attacking hulking creatures, massive weapons, that the cowards that retreat when met with stiff resistance. Make of that what you will. I wonder, eh? Boris's massive nightmare-like creature which, by the way, I think is only 25 quid if you want to buy it separately. Because I think more of those are going to be available next year as well from what I've been there, reading. There's, so. another, there's another set so, of miniatures yeah. very similar to this in Sculpt. Yeah, um, I may have gone ahead and went in and backed it anyway. Um, <laughs> we can see that. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Ignore that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, there's also a little tiny thug, a little bonus 
minion that can pile around with the tank and chuck his big cartoon bomb uh, and get ruffle stopped by the heroes in question as well, uh, which is being thrown in as a uh, a freebie if they hit 15, 15k. But beyond that, this isn't going to be uh, a massive Kickstarter with loads of stretch goals. They're already very well funded. Um, so thank you to anybody who's thrown in money. But you can pick them up individually if you don't want to get the, the full set. So if you're just after a balding dwarf uh, with a, a very pointed ringing guard helm there. Just saying, Lloyd. Just saying. It's very rust looking. Very rust looking. Uh, so you can pick them up all individually. Uh, 10, 10 US dollars, 12 Canadian, or substantially less in euros and pounds. Um, 52 pounds for them all. Uh, <laughs> So you, you can you can go in and grab the there you go twenty five dollars for the tank which is which is for nothing which is why I added that one in twice so I've got a pair because you know monsters are better in pairs it's I'm just saying it is are they getting rolled into your kings of war are they I have no idea what I'm, like most of the stuff from Westphalia <laughs> and Boris I have no idea why I'm buying them but I will find a reason to <laughs> play them at some point uh, so there are. Uh, obviously very you know single figure pledge levels there's also if you just want to pledge some support because the money is going to uh, Roman for this uh, and he's currently neck deep in Ukraine so he'd appreciate any, yeah, <laughs> any support um, but otherwise it's it's a really nice set of just fantasy dungeon adventurers um, which are always good for a laugh and uh, it's great to see so many people have already jumped on um, and supported this. So, you know, if you can't now, that's fine. They'll be available down the line anyway from Westphalia. Uh, and and hopefully we'll see a lot more from Roman in the future as well, yeah. because he, he's obviously got a lot of talent there. And uh, a cheeky streak a mile wide. <laughs> he's a sculptor. Uh, there are six days left on the uh, the Heroes Kickstarter. So if you fancy some of that, you can grab those as well. And that wraps us up for another week, gentlemen. We shall return next Friday. But if that's too far away and you need more of us, then come over to On Tabletop on Sunday morning for the XLBS. Our Cult of Games members get a chance to listen to us wetter on for another couple of hours as they try and get out of bed and we try and stay on focus if you're not already a cultist you can do so with a 30-day trial and uh, see what you think and poke around on the website and check out our other content but until next time have a great week of gaming bye-bye go ahead and check out our other content on screen now and while you're at it why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong go on you know you want to click it go on